where they expected me to speak for like two hours, yeah, sort of like a contract almost. So I had a, I, I don't like question and as much, so sometimes that's a little too long. So I had this printout I really like from a, a devotee of Ramana Maharshi, if you ever heard of him. And they, it's a essay on the unity of self-inquiry and surrender. Quite interesting take. And in this take, he talks about the basic problem, and that is the uh, the, the uh, identification as being a long-lasting, separate, independent entity. Yes. A singular unit. Usually aligned with the idea of being a body. It wouldn't be convincing without a body, yeah, because the body obviously seems to be distant from that body. Yes? We all seem to have different bodies. So the storyline is, I'm that, and we want to get out of that. But we want to get out of the self, because some of us have realized it's driving us crazy, but we want to get out of the self as a self. See? We want to, we want to be able to be there to experience our own absence. <laughs> so this is the rub that drives a lot of people crazy, because it's not going to work. It's not because you haven't done it right or anything like that. It's just not going to happen. You can't be there to experience your own absence. Yeah? It's impossible. There's no one there. So, so this is the main movement, is you want to get out of that thing. And he talks about how, how it's going to happen is when there's a loss of interest in the mental processing. The mental processes. Yeah? The thought system, basically. For me, I call it selfing. The thought system. The one that's sort of speaking in your head, you hear it, and it sounds like it's your voice. The only way it sounds like it's your voice is because it's coming from, quote-unquote, your body, which is an act of being identified also, yeah? So this this vocal cord, the sound that this vocal cord makes is deemed to be mine because I'm affiliated, my mental process, as this body or in this body or somehow. Yeah, yeah. So this act of being identified is basically the premise and, and the thrust of all the selfing. Yeah. So it's I like to view it as a verb and it's the act of being identified as a self. Yeah. I call it selfing because there's no self to be identified as. Many of us speak of it the small s, you know. Many of us give it too much credit by even calling it a self because that would imply it's a noun or a thing. Yeah. I don't believe that's the case. So it's a verb, a mental process, and it's called being the identification as a self. That's the whole verb called selfing yeah so you're you're identifying with an imaginary idea that's produced and reinforced by the mental system not coming from being not coming from physicality not even coming from emotionality it's coming from the mental state the basic ordinary conditional state that you feel going on in your head yeah that's where that's where it's produced that's where it shows up yeah that's what that's it's a product of that, and a product of that system can never leave the system that's producing it, because if it left the system that was producing it, there'd be nothing produced. <laughs> that's why when you do something you really love, you basically lose interest in the production of the idea of being Paul, and you're freed in those moments from Paul, and it feels great. Yeah? The, unpro- the problem is, is very quickly after that that happens or is happening, the mental process will arise and claim it to be happening to you, and then it starts going downhill right there. Just like an epiphany. People have those epiphanies. <laughs> they never make reservation for it. You never know what's going to happen, you know. If something happens, it breaks into the, 
the continuum of your life story, and then there's a big pause, yeah? And you're, and it's pretty cool, you know, usually. Most people think it as one of the highest moments of their lives when they have an epiphany. Yet, you'll have this thing going on, and it's not you're having it. See, the language implies you have something to do with what you have nothing to do with. It's just like we're talking ourselves into the trance state all day, either up here or how we talk or how other people are talking, yeah? It can be it's on all the time, yapping, yapping, yapping. But so, okay, so here's the epiphany. If you've ever noticed, if you ever had one, seemingly, that at one point, something arose, a thought that, I'm having this incredible epiphany, and that was basically the end of the epiphany. <laughs> as soon as the act of identification with it, it changed the epiphany. It made it something you have, instead of what it really was, which was the absence of you. Yeah? It suddenly turned into a product that you have. This is what it does. So, it gets jolted into this into this the freedom of, of from the bondage of self, but it re, it like it's like mercury. If you throw it and it just goes all different, and then suddenly it comes back. So you can have a huge epiphany, and it will shake up the selfing, but then it will regroup, and then just morph around the epiphany, and then the epiphany will be an experience you had in about an hour after you tell all these people that you had it, everything like that, the deal will be signed, sealed, and delivered. The epiphany has now been dead dead on arrival. <laughs> you've, you've neutered it, and now you have it in a room like this. <laughs> like one of these things. You put it up there. Look at what I have. I had this epiphany. <laughs> just like I have this statue. <laughs> this doesn't just happen once in a while. It's happening all day. Because if you want to look at selfing, and I swear, that's where the seeing is. Because if you're not seeing the selfing, you're looking from it. Yeah. In other words, the seeing is prior to the selfing. If you're identified with the selfing, you're now after the seeing, and now you're in a form of looking, called self-centeredness which is blind, not to, not to slights, not to people fucking with you, you're very, very aware of all that, but you're blind to the scene. <laughs> you're busy looking at everything, checking everything out. Can I get something I want from this? Whatever. But you're totally blind to what's the being. Yeah? <laughs> what's seeing. <laughs> so it's really crazy to try to turn around the looking to see what's looking, because that's what's looking, is the seeing. <laughs> so a lot of people start in the problem as being true and then they want a solution but the solution to the problem is prior to the problem not after the problem after the problem all solutions after the problem are a problem because in a weird way the mental state is using it to reinforce the problem because it would have to be real if you're applying a solution to it yeah if it's that's real to you, you're going to be looking for a solution to it. That's giving it its life. Yeah? But the answer is prior. If you see that the problem is imaginary, what is there to do? Absolutely nothing. And how, my, how, how much time does it take to do nothing? No time. <laughs> What's being asked of you? Not much. <laughs> it's just the seeing. And then, then something that the mind has been trying to make not to be what it is starts becoming incessantly on. Now, something may not like that, but it won't be you. 
it may be the mental state and a lot of other things, and people who know you and, you know, your job because you've lost interest in it or whatever, but <laughs> what you are isn't going to be upset with it at all. <laughs> so, if you see that the movement of selfing, and it is a movement, it's a mental verb, yeah, it implies nouns, but there are no nouns to be found. There's no noun, there's no things here, really. There's an appearance of things, but there are no things. Yeah? The only thing that's real is not appearing, basically. It's the appearance, but it's not appearing. Yeah? What's real is the appearance of all things, but it's not appearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with that, if you can see from there, and it's, it's not a difficult thing, because it's just about uh, checking out what you're not. Because if you see the thought system that's producing the self and the center of the whole system is this idea of self. If you get entertained, maybe you're not that. What happens, like Ramana would say, is you'll lose interest in the thought system and maybe it will be withdrawn from that slavery of a mental idea and then where may it, where may it land? Well, he said it's going to land at being because that's where everything ends up because it's the source of all. So it's like, you know, taking all the mouses of all the things and tying a little string on it, it's going to take you back to the hole it came from. And he said everything comes from that beingness, yeah? So if you follow anything out here, back, you're going to end up there. So, but you can't use the mental state to get out of the mental state. And you can't apply the mental state to find the beingness, Yeah? So, in a way, the mental state would look like you're in a certain condition, and the only way I'm going to get to another condition is by doing and having myself into the other condition. Yeah. But here's the idea. You're, take, you're not taking yourself to be in a mental state, but you are. The idea of Paul is a mental, purely mental state. Purely, purely mental state. So here, you're starting from this erroneous point, and you're doing and having, and you're hoping you're going to do and have yourself into a state of being. But all you can do is do and have yourself into another mental state. Yeah? The mental state is going to be get another mental state. You, like the first shots I ever went to, that's what happened to me. I was sitting in the room, and this lady was sharing. And uh, it didn't matter what she said, but I was sitting there. And then my mind opened up, you know? some reason, just like the aperture, because self-centeredness is a very closed aperture. <laughs> it's like this camera, very closed. And because of our ignorance, we think it's fixed. We think this is it. Yeah? This is who I am, this little tunnel vision. <laughs> if you see that you're not that, it can expand. So the satsang initiated it, because the mind's pregnantly available to possibilities. It just has to hear them. And so this lady dropped one I hadn't heard before. So my mind went like this. And so I shared. I said, oh, wow, I just had this interesting event. I was in, coming in here thinking I was observing mental states from my real state. But I realized my real state was a mental state. <laughs> and so the next few months, what happened was, this happened quite a lot. Well, okay, I realized, oh, so that those two states are mental states, but then there was a subtle assumption that I was in the real state. And then light proved to me, no, that's another mental state. So it happened about six or seven times, and I got the principle. <laughs> Every place I land and I proclaim 
that's me is a mental state. Yeah? So save yourself some freaking time. Because this what's revealed the first time is going to be revealed the eighth time or the fiftieth time. You're going to realize what we're taking ourselves to be is purely content. Purely content. It has in its realm it has nothing to do with context. But it wants to have a little context in its life to make content a little better. Yeah? But in a sense it's sort of like the statement of in, in from the content, from self-centeredness, if to know God would become a knower of God. Now, this is a new way, another way of thinking of it. Ramana Maharshi says, to know God is to be God. Yeah? Totally different. Yeah. From a mental state, to know God is first and foremost to become a knower of God. God is already put in a secondary place, and you become the big God all the time, selfing, yeah? But he says... The reality of it, of knowing, true knowing, is to know God is to be God. It doesn't, to know God is to know God a little more, know God a little more, know him a lot more, oh, forget, and not know more, and then suddenly you'll arrive one day into being God. No, it is very quick with him. To know God, be God. (laughs) What? Where's all those years of practice? Well, know God, be God. (laughs) Wait a minute. I kind of feel a whole story in between there. You're not giving me much room. Exactly. Because it's timeless. The knowledge isn't of time, the knowledge of timelessness. And then you realize you've always been that being. So there was never, nor will there ever be a knower of anything. That's it. Yeah. That's what dawns on your head. Now, you can forget it, or the head can override it, sort of like the, the level of the high tide of the mentality, if something important happens or chaotic or someone who you really love leaves you, it may overwhelm that little fragile shore of understanding, but after everything goes back, it's still it's always going to be available at all times. There's no forgetting it. It's, it's like Ramana says, that your head is in the tiger's mouth. It's a done deal. You realize something too much. You can never go back into the way it was because it never was that way. <laughs> because if you think you could get back that, you'd be trying like crazy. <laughs> so, the way I saw it, with, from what Ramana's this devotee was talking about, how is it the attention? How can the intention and interest be get get broken away from the mental state so that it can may possibly land back in the being state? Yeah. And he doesn't say to kill the mental state or vanquish it or try to discipline it. He basically says my own experience, which is losing interest in it. Yeah. Now how I how I've lost interest in it and. And it's the basis of the lost interest in it is I entertain I may mean may not be the center of that system called self. I may not I didn't say I'm not a long lasting it's not a mantra type proclamation or like a mental affirmation. That would still be coming from the mental state. I just entertain the possibility. Hey, maybe I'm not the thinker. Yeah. I wasn't saying I'm not the thinker and then uh, and then every thought tried to battle with them with this fucking mental idea. I'm not the thinker. That's not peace at all. It's just an entertaining a possibility, like a big open door. I'm not, pl- I'm not thinking who I want to see walking in on. I'm just open to see what happens. Yeah, just like looking out this door. I'm just open to possibility. Yeah. Well, possibilities may happen. Yeah. So, this is how it worked for me. I heard it in recovery. 
because the people I was hanging out with we really didn't talk about much other than cocaine you know I was <laughs> using drugs and, and how we got ripped off or how we were going to rip off someone or whatever you know we didn't really have many emotional heartfelt moments you know unless they were palpitating you know like <laughs> our brains out physically but emotionally no we were not available <laughs> so none of that so but I came into recovery, and they have meetings, not like, sort of like this as people there, but they're, the whole emphasis is different, where the people come and they share about what's happening in their lives, you know, their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions to life. And I came in, and while I was in there, I realized I had this giant ex- exoskeleton, this giant shell of terminal uniqueness. I thought I was extremely unique that no one thought like I did. No one. Not one person's ever thought the thoughts I have. And no one ever felt like I have. And no one's done the heinous things I've done. And this was just an assumption, but galvanized as a fact. So I was sitting there listening, because I went a lot for the first few months, listening to people share. And when they usually share, they talk about their feelings, their thoughts, and their reactions to life. And I came to a conclusion well, you know, how did they get my feelings? You know, how did these people get my thoughts? And not even from New York. I don't know. I wouldn't even get high with most of them. You know, I'm sitting there. And, well, how did they get my? Th- and then the second conclusion was maybe they're not my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And then my mind shifted, and I saw that the selfing was a foreign installment. It's not of me. It's not. It's a, of the mental state, but not of me. And I realized. All these people are suffering from the same mental state. I mean, alcoholism, they call it, which is just a subdivision to me of self-centeredness, which everyone's saddled with, yeah? And I realize, geez, these people have the almost the same thoughts I have that are generating the same responses or reactions to life that they have, and we're, a lot of us are ending up in the same places, like institution, jails, and death, yeah? And I went all around the world and I heard the same thing. And I felt an intimacy with those people. Not because of who they were, but what had taken them over. Because I had lived under that tyranny for years without knowing it. I was calling it me the whole time. So, expand on that idea. The whole basic program format, which I think is the real root of the dilemma, which isn't alcoholism. Alcoholism is really a solution you know, in a sense, not the ism, but the drinking and using is a solution to the alcoholism, but also actually trying to solve the first one, which is obsession with self, being identified as a self. I feel that's what's sporting all the disease, yeah? And it's incredible, because it hides itself by producing addictions to the solution for it. (laughs) So you very rarely go back all the way. Many people don't even go back. They're always in the, living in the assumption that they're this long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And then they wonder why, when they stop using drugs, they start looking at pornography, or they start acting sexually, because the mental state hasn't changed at all. It will just morph into the new tributary you can drive down. Yeah, One's dr- dried up, all right, it just shifts into some other addictive nature, you know, aspect. But the real relief comes from going to there. And if I'm not that, this is what happened, man. It was incredible. All right, I, I understood that obsession with self was the engine of my destruction. My mind, since I was six, was very uncomfortable in this world. Yeah? It felt something was really inherently wrong with it. Yeah? So I had a dis-ease, irritability, restlessness, and I didn't feel I deserved much. And I had hard, It's like when I was a kid, 
they'd have pictures of me and my family, and we, I looked like a little cherub and stuff, you know, and everyone looked really nice. And then about three years of introspection, you have a picture of the family, and there I was, like, looking at my mother suspiciously, like, who are these people? There was, like, it looked like I was pasted into the picture. I had just totally, totally left, you know what I mean? Where did I go? Into the mental state. I left basically the physical state. The reactions were still happening physically, but I wasn't there. I wasn't on the emotional state. Yeah, Quote, unquote, there was no spiritual state at all, thinking, but it was just a mental state. I got sucked up into that mental state, and from there, the hell just persisted for a long, long time. And I would do almost anything to get relief from it. I did. So that, if you don't think you're in hell... If you're really trying hard to get out of somewhere, you must think you're hell. <laughs> no, because most people, what they're doing is a motivation from what they don't want to go to. Something driving your drive to go somewhere else, like to stay busy all day, isn't just a random idea. You're probably scared to sit with yourself, you know, a lot of times. It's like, it's always, it's always a dualistic movement. It isn't, oh, I just love this. Yeah, you love this because usually there's something else. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is my phone. My phone, I call up my voicemail and I get a busy signal. You ever have that happen? I did, called it up today. Now it's working. I'm not going to take this. So, so what I did when I heard this, as soon as I heard, I may not be that. And it was sounded pretty damn interesting to me. Yeah, The first possibility I entertained right away, and I had never entertained before, was I can be free from it. I've been entertaining trying to be free as it a lot. You know, I got into spirituality after I got recovery and before I went into addiction. I, wouldn't, I was in India and this and that. But all of that was, I wasn't, tr- I was, there was no freedom available because I was trying to be free as that, which I'm not. Where the freedom is from it. Yeah? As soon as that possibility that, hey, I may not be that, the other possibility was, hey, I can be radically free from it. Yeah? I don't have to therapize this, civilize this, socialize this anymore. It's not me. I just got to realize I'm not that. And then what happened is, started with the thought system. First I applied, hey, these thoughts are alcoholic, alcoholic thoughts. As soon as I held them as alcoholic thoughts, I had more space from them. Yeah? Then I said, why, why stop there? Every damn thought isn't mine. I've never thought a damn thing in this life. Yeah? I am a thought, basically. What I'm taking myself to be is a thought. It's like the oldest thought that never, never is seen as a thought because it, it's pictured as you. But it's a thought of you, yeah? And that thought of you becomes so habitual and is reinforced so much, it produces a weird sense of being you, a vague sense. But that sense is really attributed to the sense of being on, yeah? Life is pulsating through this body, and it's like when a generator is humming, it's like that. That's the sense of presence. But the, the mental state has co-opted that total recognition of what you are, where you are, when you are, and where you are, totally hijacked it, and, it, and it's, it's using it to imply it's you. The, the action figure that was once there, the action figure that's going to be there, and therefore, if I was there, I will be there, therefore, I must be here. Yeah? Fucking slavery. Literally. And it's not a slavery like, oh, you get thrown in the pen. It's an act of slavery. It's being applied all the time. Therefore, the freedom is always available. Because if the application doesn't have the gluing ability, which is your interest and attention, you're basically free from it. You don't have to pull it off because it never stuck. 
It just seems to be so. It reaches a level of appearance to you. Someone who's awake isn't. It's not going to appear to them as that. Yeah, Ramana Maharshi would probably see all of us and say, "What's the fucking problem?" Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Get a diaper and hang out for the next sixty years. <laughs> you know, really, they wouldn't see any problem. Yeah. But the thing is, the the idea is, how am I going to get out of that which I want to get out of? If they're trying to get out of it, is a form of being in it. Yeah. How am I going to get out of what I want to get out of? I don't want to be in yesterday and tomorrow all the time. I don't want every relationship to be stamped by, with a past reference. I want to try something new. But being that which is is in that condition, nothing's new to that. It's always rehashing and redoing. So when you want to try to get out of a mental state as a mental product, you're not going to ever get out of it. So it's not about getting out of it. It's realizing, are you in it or not? The getting out of it is an experience of realizing you're not in it. It's not an experience that's produced by getting out of it. It's produced by realizing you've never been in it. You have the experience of being out of it, but it's not from getting out of it. It's, get, it's from realizing you were never in it. The solution is prior to the problem. From the solution's point of view, there is no problem. So if there was a... And from that, it would be ludicrous to try to apply a solution to an imaginary problem. It's ludicrous. So all that drive to try to figure things out gets dismissed because what you're trying to figure out ain't happening. Or it's at least not happening to you. So I lost interest in the self by entertaining I'm not that. Because you can take two years of studying like the obsession with self, but that could be construed as another form of obsession with self. If, if that's self, studying self, to try to get out of it, that's being in it. Yeah? And he, Ramana, this guy, this devotee, said, hey, meditation, you know, mindfulness, all this stuff, are we're trying to produce a mental state to arrive at a being state. It doesn't work. Yeah? For me, it stops everything. You hear something like that. Why go to page 40? Like, if we were going to write a book, and what we were going to do as a little joke was, we are going to have, like, a quote-unquote profound statement, and we'd say, further information about this is on page 62. And then they'd go to 62 and be blank. <laughs> you see, the engine of seeking would be displayed right in front of your face. That would be the best message. To see it, see that incessant seeking, that incessant drive to get out of what to get out of of what you're not in. Yeah, because the in is produced or reinforced by get trying to get out of it. It has no, it, it doesn't have an existence in and of itself. You're blowing up the doll that you're in, you're fighting with. You're blowing it up. In recovery, we say we're not people with problems. We are the problem. And you know what? If that was true, then every fucking shot of dope I did was totally valid. But the solution is, yeah, you admit that you're a problem, and what's revealed is you're not. Because the problem was the act of being identified as. You're not that, it's just an act of being identified as. Yeah? When you're not seeing that, it's a freaking huge problem. When you see it, there's the solution. Yeah? Why apply anything else to it? Like, if I'm... Well, whatever, you know. I just entertained it. I, you know, and then 
downloads occur. Yeah? Sometimes they're energetic things, sometimes they're energetic and they get translated into language. And as you, I never lost any enthusiasm about it. The well never dries up. Never dries up. Because this is the last answer in my life. Everything else stopped. And it's a living answer. It's not like a last answer, and then after a few years, I gotta do like a spring cleaning of it, or turbocharge it, or let's you know put an extra nitroglycerin type move, drive it far faster. No, it's the same old, same old possibility. You just keep going back and entertaining and entertaining and entertaining it, and the mind in the entertaining of it just just starts realizing its own size. Yeah. And then it's really applicable here. I mean, you're just allowed to travel lighter. Like I always say, it may not change the geography of your life, but you'll travel lighter over whatever terrain you're going to be running into as this action figure, seemingly. Yeah. See it, you know? Look at, so you can, like a guy Dogen said, this Japanese master said, you know, to study Buddhism is to study the self, you know, the small s, yeah? And to study the self is to forget the self. And that's exactly my experience of it. If you study the self, you'll realize it's not you. When you realize it's not you, you'll start forgetting it. Your interest attention will just will not hold that dead horse up anymore. You'll just give it up. Every, all the things that are facilitating its production, you'll lose interest in it. The thoughts won't be seen as yours. The feelings won't be seen as yours. You know, time won't be seen as your time. Yeah? Life, instead of looking as like it's happening to you, will be seen as it's just happening. Yeah? From self-centeredness, it looks like it's happening to you. From seeing, it's just happening. Yeah. Interested attention goes to something that's more like its own nature, which is empty and not a thing, instead of a mental state. Yeah. And therefore, being, which is always available at all times, wherever you are, so the interest and attention, even while busy, is still resting in its nature, because there's nowhere else to be, yeah? So when you're thinking you're distracted, that's your mental state, but you're not distracted from the being state. The being state's the underlying condition, yeah? Your mind will go this way and that, but why do you sign up for that journey? this way and that because you think it's you doing it it's all about you if it was about Stanley you'd be bored stiff so quickly yeah if some of the stuff that's going here that seems to attract so much of our attention was seen as being Sue's or Stanley's or Mary's you'd be bored in two minutes yeah but the whole the glue is that it's you it's about you go there yeah, look at that. Is it about me? If it's not about me, you'll lose interest in it. When you lose interest in it, you're definitely going to gain interest somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, and it's not like an outside process. It's what happens. Yeah. You're engaged in this like a form of slavery or obsession. You realize, hey, it may not be me. It lifts. And it's, oh, it's free-forming and then it lands where it lands. Yeah. Yeah. So now, you're freed from the, the slings and arrows of the mental state, not from a perch in the mental state, but in the sense of being, yeah? And you can rest there, because it's always available at all times, because it's not of time, and it's not of circumstances, it's not of situations, it's, no, it's not of getting the right vantage point to arrive there, because it's everywhere, yeah? 
no requirements necessary. As long as you're willing to look at what you're not and tell the truth about it, you will be in the sense of what you are. And really abide there. It's like the same energy that's running obsession with self it's the same interest and attention freed that freed, when it's freed from that it's called abiding in the truth it's the same interest and attention it's just what vehicle it's put in it's put in the mental state it's going to produce a mental realm like it has, hasn't it? the mental realm has time in it yeah? past and future you can't find past and future in San Rafael right now it's nowhere to be had but it seems to be the dominant uh, realm in our lives all the thoughts are about yesterday and tomorrow yeah, and so therefore we can and what we're doing here now the mental state is using this now just to think about there and then yeah. it likes to think about yesterday because you appear there it can conjure you up through thoughts in the mental realm can't conjure you up now because you're not here the sense of self but it can produce a conjuring of you three years ago, well, when you re- remembered. Oh, I remember I was there. How do you think the thought system pictures you as a body, doesn't it? When it thinks about you, you're pictured as a body. So I was there four years ago. Who's that I representing? Paul, this body. So I was in New York four years ago. Was my, my spirit in New York four years ago? How can you tell? Did you have to get a visa from somewhere? It's like, but, so the thought system pictures us as a body. So if you listen to your thought system, you're going to take yourself to be a body sooner or later, because it's implying it all day. So there you are, the thought system's thinking about you yesterday, or three days ago, or an hour ago. And it's remembering you, yeah? But the remembrance happens now. It can't happen in the past, because there's no past. It's, the past is only in the mental realm. It's not in the physical realm. It's not in the emotional realm. It's not in, quote-unquote, the celestial realms. It's only in the mental realm. (laughs) And so, what the mental realm can conjure up is a mental idea about whatever. Well, you and I are a mental idea conjured up by the mental, in the mental realm. So it takes the idea in the past, pictures you as a body, thinks about you, and it remembers you as a body now. All right? Okay, now it worries about you in the future. And because it's in the future, we don't think that has anything to do with remembering, but it has tons to do with things remembering. Because when you're worrying about you in the future, you're remembering you now, again, as a body. Yeah? So all day, the trance setting is occurring. All day. By being navigated by this thought system, which is rooted in self-centeredness, you're going to picture yourself as a body, and you're going to picture yourself as a body in time. Yeah? And you're going to be thought about yesterday and tomorrow to, to produce a sense of you being here now. Because you cannot produce a sense of you being here now. Because you don't exist. Yeah. As what you're taking yourself to be. So something that doesn't exist, to appear to exist, it has to be a production. <laughs> yeah, something's got to produce it. It's the mental state that's producing it. It's not your physical state. <laughs> it's not your emotional state. It's it, they can be used to help facilitate it, but it's the mental state producing it. It produces the show of Paul then, and the show of Paul there, and then it alludes to the fact that there's the show of Paul always, right here. <laughs> and then you get enslaved to that idea, and then you live as if that's so. And then you probably don't like a lot of it. Yeah. 
So you want to get out of it, which sounds good, but then you want to get out of it as the product of, of the mental state. And the mental state ain't leaving anything. The only place it's going to transcend, <laughs> it's not even going to transcend. You can't transcend an imaginary place. The mental state's never going to leave the mental state. <laughs> If you're a mental idea and you're going to try to become spiritual, good luck. <laughs> because you're going, to come, you're going to have a conceptuality of spirituality that you're going to take to be spiritual. Yeah? Yeah. And it's not going to hold water when the shit hits the fan. I'll tell you. <laughs> You'll revert back to reliance on the mental state. You'll go back to the thought system to be your Greek oracle to tell you what's going to happen. Yeah. Like Jesus said, you know, you can't serve two masters at the same time. So the master of being or the master of the mental state. Yeah. The effects will be def- very, very different. And you'll be able to tell the difference easily. The mental state has a certain flavor to it. Yeah. Very tinny. Yeah, very loud because there's nothing there. The other state of being is a much more uh, open and empty availability. Yeah. No planning of any big parades, like dog shit awareness. It's very ordinary in a lot of ways. But it's super reliable, and you can really find rest there. Like deep sleep type rest, you know. When all of this idea is forgotten, when you're in deep sleep, that's when we get regenerated to be this false flag operation (laughs) again the next day. (laughs) Well, you can have sort of that same... Restful, restful state, like the deep sleep state, while you're awake, you know, it can be available to you, not to you, but as you really. So it isn't about marshaling your interest and attention. Maybe just allowing it to leave what it's on all the time, and see where it lands. And what happens is, you won't know anything, but you'll find out a lot. That's what will happen. You won't know much. A lot of the knowing will actually drop. You'll see that it, that's like fool's gold, basically, knowing. It's like a substitute for the real thing. But you'll find out what it's like. And so, like in recovery, says it says you'll comprehend the word serenity, and you will know peace. Yeah? You'll have a flavor of it. Yeah? That's undeniable. You don't need to go to any like spiritual notary public to get it authorized. You know in your own gut that you're on to something. Why? Because you're on to something. <laughs> you don't have to trace it back 3,000 years ago. You may like it. You like to do that. You don't need any huge lineage. <laughs> you just wake up to the ever-present fact. Yeah. But not from the mental state. Any waking up from the mental state in the mental state is just another phantom activity. Yeah? Then everyone gets disappointed. They feel like they had a huge realization, and then it diminishes three days later. And they wonder why. Because maybe you had a a glimpse, or there was an intervention in the mental timeline, and being became dominant. But the mental timeline regroups, and then just sows the being experience into the mental timeline. Now you had this incredible experience of being, which ain't it. It's not an experience, really. It will influence experiences, but it's not an experience. It is not an experience being. 
it's not like going to a cliff and diving in water. It's not like that. If we want to relegate to an experience, it's always going to be infrequent. Yeah. It's always going to be put, I once had this experience, and I really hope to have it again, but you'll be living in the absence of that experience right now. And it will drive the engine to keep seeking it. So you'll be on another fool's errand. When what you're looking for is what's looking, like St. Francis says. What you're looking for right now is what's looking right now. And then maybe some tons of people come up with objections, and this answer would be, what's looking is what you're looking for. (laughs) Go, come back with a real good story. What's looking is what you're looking for. What? Yes. Where? Where? Exactly. What's looking is what you're looking for. (laughs) The problem is the what's looking is turned into who's looking. (laughs) And that's when seeing becomes a form of blindness. The seeing becomes a form of looking, and self-centeredness is a form of looking that's blind to the seeing. It's blind to the seeing. All the while you're looking, you have no idea that's the seeing. It's blind to it. And therefore you're looking at this you're looking outside for the seeing as if it's an object you can find, while at every minute you're looking for it, that's what's looking. That's what you're looking for, is the seeing. Yeah. And it just it's like a ch- Chinese puzzle. Every little bit of movement just creates the puzzle, you know, the twist or whatever, the torture thing, whatever they have. This isn't about being bound and then being free. It's realizing there was never any binding, and therefore the freedom is always availed. Yeah, it can, you can only at the highest level you can only seem to be bound. It can only appear to be true to you. It's not true. It can appear to be true. Yeah, you can take it to be so, but it doesn't make it so. It can only make it seemingly so for time, for amount of time. It cannot. It's not. It can never make anything so. The mental process can only make something seem to be so. Yeah, I can make someone seem to be a threat, but that doesn't mean they're actually a threat. But they are a threat to me because I've made them seem to be one. Yeah, that's what the mind does. The conditional mind it it deals in seemingly so, which means appears to be true or false to us, or like the Course in Miracles that say, "You and I give everything all the meaning it has." Yeah. You and I are given everything all the meaning it has. The whole reason why we have this subjective experience is based on that. We're at the same event, but everyone's giving it a different meaning from their seeming perspective. Yeah, This happens all day. All day. Now, you can allow the meaning system or the distribution point to change. You can either live in, in the, under the distribution of self-centeredness or it could shift into a different kind of modality. Yeah? And therefore, the things may appear to be the same, but the meaning they carry will be quite different. Not by changing them, but by just changing how they're seen. Not by you changing it. All it is is about entertaining a possibility, and then that changes it. You have nothing to do with it. That's the good news. If you had something to do with it, you'd really screw it up. Yeah. So I don't know, it's like a little invitation. 
I heard it motivated me, moved me, so I feel like I'm drawn to share it with people. It's not a draft. You're not conscribed to do anything. It's just an invitation. You're what? You're the product. If you see what you're not and see what's building that sense of you up, if you can see it, that's the beginning of its effects diminishing. And when that diminishes, something else will grow. When the mental state diminishes, let's say the state of being will seem to grow. It hasn't grown, but it will become more obvious to you. Yeah? The mental state diminishes, the state of being seems to grow, or becomes more obvious. When the mental state is really high, and it wants to find the sense of being, it's the height of the high, you know, the highness of the mental state will block it off from any viewing. Yeah? When it drops, when you lose interest in the self, the state of being gets a little more available. Then the, the mental state will say, I really want it, and then, and then the state of being will seem like it ran away. <laughs> mental state stays low, being's available. Mental state says, I really want some of that being, there goes the being, seemingly. <laughs> After a while, you've got to figure out like what's playing roles here, yeah? mental state's really high being seems infrequent I've even turned it into an experience <laughs> mental state goes down ah, it's, I'm free, inherently free like Ramana says everyone's inherently realized already yeah? the whole point of any spiritual practice is just to, dimin- to, to, admit, to diminish the ignorance that's blocking that idea yeah? that's all it is and where is the ignorance? in your physicality? no, in the mental state yes? Where's the ignorance from? It's produced in the mental state, yes? The being isn't producing any ignorance, I would imagine, but the mental state is. So when the mental state gets... When you lose interest in the mental state, then ignorance that seems to have the ability to block you off from what you are doesn't have that ability to block you off anymore. And when it doesn't have the ability, you realize it never had the ability. It only seemed to have the ability. Yeah? It never was so, it just seemed to be so. It just hits you like a ton of bricks. It never was so. Nothing ever happened. Yeah, It just appeared. A lot of shit's appearing. But none of it ha- can produce a tattoo on what you are. None of it can affect any influence on what you are. You're like that sky that allows everything to appear in it, but what's appearing in the sky doesn't affect the sky it's appearing in. That's what mind is like. That's what being is like, Yes? So all these things you're holding against yourself that I've separated myself from the one and I had all those invitations to love, you all that in the mental court you've been convicted and you're just you're just living out your sentence, man. You're on a big hook of guiltiness. But in the court of light, in the court of being, it's all been annulled. As if it's never fucking happened. You can let yourself off the hook, you know? Like the whole thing with the Course of Miracles, you've ever heard of it? One of the main movements is about guilt, you know? Guilt. And uh, the guilt is primarily built on this idea that we feel like we separated from God. Yeah? That we had that much power. (laughs) And we're using this place as evidence to that fact. This is what we're dreaming to to, to verify our idea that we could separate ourselves from God. And and it's produced an inherent guilt in, in in the mind, yeah? And it's playing itself out. It's trying to throw its guilt out here like crazy, trying to get rid of it. Can't get rid of it. Yeah. 
it would have, and I, when I heard this, it reminded me of when I was a kid. I was six years old, doing what I, I didn't live in an abusive situation. I had a father and a mother and grandmother live with us, and I was playing around. And then my fam, my mother talked to me and said, you know, Dad's really ill. He's not going to be able to play with you anymore. He's not going to go to your tryouts and everything like that. And they brought the family doctor, Dr. Jim Quinto, and he told me the same thing. And I understood what they were saying. But how I heard it in, in the foundation of the mental condition was, I must have have done something wrong to make my father not want to play with me anymore. This self-centeredness is the magnet to all guilt. Yeah? So I felt like I had done something to, to drive my father away when I had absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah? This whole idea. So the solution isn't in forgiveness. It's in, the, it's in the realizing nothing ever happened. It's prior to the problem, not after the problem. Yeah? It's prior. Forgiveness is never going to change the fact that you're separated from God as much as you try to forgive and forgive others. The separation seems still to be in place. Yeah? That's the pulsating of the guilt. Yeah? But the solution isn't, all right, now we're going to bring what was separate together again. It's like people who are in the state of two-ness trying to use this idea of oneness. But two-ness is too big to fit into oneness. Yeah? What you realize, none of it happened. And that's where the freedom from the guilt is. If you're not the personal doer, then where can shame and guilt land? Yeah? The shame and guilt that I have about thoughts isn't generated by thoughts, it's generated that they're my thoughts. Yeah? The shame and guilt I have about feelings isn't the feelings, it's that they were my feelings. And my idea I should never have had those feelings. And in fact, I never did have those feelings. They just passed through, consciousness became aware of them, and there you go. The mental state noticed and took it, claimed it, and used it to produce a sense of Paul. And guilt and shame is a real fucking good glue. <laughs> People have been glued to 40-year-old events. They'll never let themselves off the hook for what they've done. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were freed from being the doer? Where would the guilt and shame rest? There would be, wouldn't be a branch it could land on. So the solution would be prior to the doing, not after the doing. Prior to the doing, yeah? I'm not the doer. <laughs> then you can make all the amends in the world that you need to make, but you don't buy that you did it. Yeah, there was no one there to ever do any damn thing. I was driven by alcoholism. Now I'm driven by some other mental wind or spiritual wind. Paul wasn't an addict, and now Paul's a recovered quote unquote teacher. I was. I'm neither. This is just a possibility of mind happening. Yeah. My mind rests somewhere, it's going to produce those effects that mirror where it's resting. If it rests somewhere else, it produces the effects that mirrors that. Yeah? Before, I was totally chaotic, dry, driven crazy, a total addict. And now I'm chilled out. How could that person who was that turn into this? Because it, well, he wasn't that. <laughs> he wasn't the addict, nor is he this. He's not any of it. <laughs> Once you land in a place... You know, it's like, let's say there's all these barnacles of possibilities. Barnacles like old ideas, thoughts, principles, uh, uh, beliefs, all like this, conditionings. And so the barnacles are just floating around, yeah? And then suddenly you take yourself to be a rock, you know? I'm Paul. 
I'm Paul, this person who did this and did that. Suddenly, the barnacles can accumulate because they, 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 they anchor into that stable idea, the rock. Yeah. Now you have like 8,000 barnacles and you've got a very crazy, agitated mind going over every barnacle. I don't want this barnacle. This isn't so bad. And now you're trying to take the barnacles out with some fucking new age tool or whatever. But the barnacles, they need the rock to grab onto. The rock is the oldest idea that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That's where the relief is. Because then the barnacles can be barnacles. They just can't, they won't land. They won't dig in and make a home on you. Yeah. Everything's a possibility here. Everything is just a possibility. It's like nothing ever disappears because forever because they, they just it just appeared and it can come back, go back and then appear again. Yeah? Because and what promotes it, what calls it forth is our head. It's the mind and it's what's the mind's resting in. Yeah. Just like someone's sober for 25 years, then the mind gets, hatches this, a, a thought comes into mind, oh, I think I'm over that. I can get, I can, you know, do recreational cocaine use intravenously. Sure. It doesn't run it by anyone. It just says, oh yeah, I can do that. And then starts making its plan. Once that thing takes action, that person, he could have been the one in the greatest saints of all time, he's now expressing something totally different than sainthood. You know? He's like passing the basket first and getting all the money and then running <laughs> and buying some cheap coke. <laughs> There's no stable someone. You're just like we're all in flux right now. You may have the the you may be the expression of some of a momentum that's been going on for some time in this manifestation. Like you've been resting in the same place for a while, and then certain things will express through you. You'll have some really nice peace and this and that. But if you followed a couple of thoughts in one night, all of that would be like Fantasyville, and you'd be in a whole other movie. Yeah, you'd be arrested. There'll be a sign in the, like the Common Ground or a whatever tricycle. Non-duality teacher gets arrested, <laughs> shooting coke in the bathroom at at a open secret bookstore <laughs> after he stole some some new age books and sold them on the corner. <laughs> you don't think it sounds far fetched? I'm telling you, if you believe you're in a stationary place and it's a mental one, you're up to something shit can happen. <laughs> Your seat assignment can change dramatically. <laughs> True rest is in, is in, it's everywhere, so it, it looks like, you can be looking like you're in constant movement, but there's rest to be found. Yes? But when you try to stop and become certain, like, this is my role, this is my seat assignment, guess what? You may have a rude awakening. Yeah, yeah. Yep? Yeah, um... I have a question for you because of your background, uh, having had drug issues. Um, I'm not there most of the time. And playing with a metal tar baby is something I typically don't engage with. And I do it, it goes away. But the emotional, physical, things like lust, getting drunk sometimes, physical things, yeah. they don't manifest mentally. But you've gone through that, and you come out of it, but you describe it from dealing with it from a mental point of view. But I don't experience it mentally. The conceptual things, 
um, for whatever reason. I've just kind of fallen out of. So you but get moved by the physical and the emotional, which seem to come up fast and not have. It's a different type of Velcro, almost, or way of grabbing you. Yeah. But yeah. when you're talking about it, you took it basically from a conceptual perspective how it comes to you. Yes, but when because you're in that space was that the same way? Well, what you, what you're talking about, there is a precursor, a mental precursor to that, all the feelings and stuff. Everything, everything that arises in you has been claimed by the mental state in some way. Yeah, you may not be aware of it because it's fast, but before you know it, you've appeared. Yeah, and so your emotional states tend to be they they are very very in, influenced by mental states. I'm not just talking about thoughts. I'm talking about mental states. Lust is a mental state that's expressed through physicality or feelings. Yes, but it's a mental state. It's a mental state. Yeah. All those desires are mental states, yeah? And then they show expression through feeling it, you know, a feeling in the body, yeah? But don't, the, the mentality comes prior to the physical and the emotional, yeah? Yeah. It just plays, you know, with some people are more apt to be driven by the thoughts, others are more apt to be driven by instincts, you know? Lust and this and that, yes? Drives, okay? Yeah. But there's thoughts and there's the mental states there. Yeah, you may not just be aware of it, but it's there, right? Yeah. So, what I deal, how I dealt with that, all that stuff, mostly I had a, that had to be done with action. Yeah. In other words, when I was out there using, I was like a rabid dog. It wasn't about I wasn't going to get any relief by thinking about it or feeling about it. And at that point, it seemingly was impossible to connect to a spiritual, whatever you want to call it, state. So, what happened is. I was supervised for two years by other people than myself. I lived in a program for two years. They told me what to do. They gave me jobs. They did this. They gave me options after a while. I could go to college, this and that. But I was supervised all the time. Yep. And and when I got out of there, I went rabbit again. And I got uh, ten months later, after running around like crazy, I got washed up in the shores of AA. And thought, AA said, "Listen, we don't want you. Don't we don't want you to feel. Don't worry about your feelings and thoughts. Just take right actions." Yeah. So that's what I did for quite a while. I took actions, and then the actions led me to a different state. Yeah. They sort of caused my life to get calmed down. Once my life was calmed down out here, then the mind was free to entertain other possibilities. It wasn't having to entertain the next court date, entertain you know that this and that and that and this. I was freed from that. Yeah? But I wasn't free from that by thought or feeling. It was action. Yeah? Why the tendency then to put in the conceptual box? Well, the because process. I'm explaining what's prior to it all. What okay. pri- For me, what pri- th- some of my behaviors can be altered pretty easily out here. But the, uh, the precursors to those behaviors, because the behaviors are an expression of mental states, is a lot more uh, tricky, yeah? Also, a lot more long-lasting, a lot more juice. You may think this has a lot of juice, but they usually fire for five minutes or so, like lust or something, or for a day or something like this. The mental state's firing a lot, yeah? So, 
for me, it all goes back to the mental state and the identification as the self. Because when, when you feel up physicality, you're claiming it to be yours. Yeah? Um, the lust. It doesn't manifest in an intellectual concept, but I, I probably yeah. correct Yeah, that, yeah, you know? yeah. So there's, it, well, it obviously. It brings me into my body. Yeah. Right? yeah. So then the lust is being used to signify that you're the one who has lust. Okay. You see, this is what's happening. You may not be aware of it, and you may not need to be aware of it. Maybe you go another direction. But if you look, you may find that there's a, everything that's happening is being used to reinforce the idea of it's happening to a someone. Yeah? And that's the real bondage. That's where I found it. When that was started to happen, then the behaviors that I needed to have to have actions to correct started changing in and of themselves. Yeah? In other words, this to me is the blueprint room, and this is like the house is built. While you're having feelings and actions are happening out here, you're living in the house that was built, but you were privy to seeing it in the blueprint room. And if you say, hey, I don't want to move into that house, it's much different to get out of a house that isn't built yet than when you've been paying mortgage and you've got a lot of furniture and shit like that in there. Yeah? So that's what I mean. This is just taking back farther, not to the consequential level of expression, where it's demonstrating his feelings and stuff like that, but from the blueprints. Yeah? Yeah, that's why I do it. Because I saw... It's putting value where it's most valuable. Yeah? For me, the most value is prior, not in manifestation or in expression. Using the manifestation to point to where it's coming from. Yeah, because when that changes, then what manifests change. But if I change manifestation, I may not change that. Yeah, so I can get over my lust, but then it usually squirts into something else. Yeah, but if I go here, it may change the essence of the lust and or the greed or this and that. Yeah, so to me, this is much more valuable to put, to put my value on. Yeah, if I was going to do anything with the body, I would become a body worker because I think that's the best therapy. I don't think it's good to talk and stuff like that. I do energetic work. But that's not my seat assignment. My seat assignment is attempting to express what I see as the basic uh, fundamental activity that's producing all of this other distorted activity. Yeah? Like more like cause and effect. Just like a fear. People have fear. Yes? They feel it sometimes when it's not actually, there's no threat. Yeah? So in recovery, they say, all right, why are you in so much fear today? And they have an answer. The guy who wrote the book, he says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? Yeah. So this, to me, is like taking it back farther. You can learn a lot of ways to deal with the fear after it's already manifested. But if you go back and look at the self-reliance, you can truly deal with the fear before it manifests because it's manifesting from self-reliance. Yeah. My mind's relying on the idea of being a self is producing all these opportunities to be in fear and anxiety. So I can learn some methods to deal with the fear and anxiety, or I can learn what's causing the fear and anxiety. And if I tell the truth about this, and the reliance on self gets broken, well then, the, the, uh, like the, uh, the river that feeds the fear and the anxiety gets dried up. So I don't even have to deal with the fear head on, I just deal with its source. That's why I talk about what I'm talking about. I'm trying to get more back to where the real relief is. Yeah? On my way back from the mental and going back, I did a lot of work. Yeah. Over a lot of things. Yeah. Do I have to do the same thing as it relates to the physical and emotional, 
or just by going back when I'm in that state, obviously those other things aren't manifesting. Yeah. But the mental doesn't manifest the same way the physical and emotional does. Is there work to be done or going back the path I normally take will unwind the other things? I would say the secondary one, but if you're driven to do work, that's how you're going to play it out. You know what I mean? If you're, going to, if, you're, if you're driven to do work on the body, then go do the work on the body. Okay. Yeah. Like with me, I have to deal with a knee now. I hurt my knee. So the physicality right now ha- is, has a huge role in the manifestation. Like when people call me and ask me how I'm doing, I say, let me give you to the knee. Because the knee is dictating where I go, I don't go, what I can do, what I can't do. You know, as the action figure. Yeah? So I'm dealing with it. Yeah? Dealing with it. And it's much slower time than the conditional mental state. The mental state thinks I should have been over this like week, months ago. But it's just so slowly gets a little incrementally better and this and that. Yeah? Yeah. Now, back, but where does the body appear? It appears in the mind. Yeah? It's an extension or an appearance. The, bo- the mind isn't in the body. The body is in the mind. The body is an expression of mind. Yeah? So, why would I want to always go to the body, which is the expression, unless I have to? Sometimes that's where the keys are. Yeah? But I'd much rather go to the b- mind, which the body's in. Because the mind will be the greatest influence on the body, not the body on the mind. Yeah? To me, it's all, it's very pragmatic, like I shot drugs, you know? If I shot stuff that wasn't Coke, you know, I'd move to another product. <laughs> I'm not going to keep, this sucks, this sucks, keep doing it. I want to have a good shot, yeah? So for me, going back to the source is where the greatest relief has issued forth from. Not getting my body really great and letting go of these old habits, because I'll tell you, the mind can come up with some new old habits. It can make shit up like that. Really, literally. And it give it a historical bent. You'll feel like it's a lo- old problem. It's been made up right now. Yeah? So just, to me, deal with, if you're drawn to do that, and and those are the triggers that will give you more possibility to entertain other ideas, great. But you can do both at the same time. It's not exclusive, yeah? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for that. I like like those questions. Yeah. So if the body dies, drops, the mind manifests another... Another body. I don't know. I don't want to go there. Just deal with what's going on now. Well, it could happen tomorrow. It could, but it. So I could have be pregnant tomorrow too if I was a woman, but I'm not. So what's not there? Let's not go into hypothetical. Just how you're feeling today. Well, I know that death is real, and it should. That's not an, a fantasy. No, well, it's, I would say death may be the real life if you want to talk about it. We, it may be totally backwards here. What we're calling life may be actually death. And that's death could be life. Well, yeah? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah. That's what I My feeling is, in a way, they're the same. They're just a different uh, expression of the same. same. Yeah. Because you are flirting with death by shooting. You're talking about shooting up a lot of drugs. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I died a few times. I know, so yeah. that's why it's not abstract. You couldn't be pregnant, but you could be dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't see this. Well, let me tell you what happened with the dying thing for me, because I, ha- I died a few times. And uh, this one time I was in a room, and I shot up, you know, and I was laying in a bed, and I was looking at the corner of the room, like there, 
where the ceiling and the wall meets. And suddenly, and I was happy. It's a nice coke and heroin shot, just sitting laying there on this guy's bed. And then suddenly, that point just started going like this, right? Sucked in. But this also sucked in. It didn't stop here and get sucked in here. This got sucked in. Yeah. <laughs> this is this wasn't the real thing and everything sucked into it. This was part of the room. <laughs> Which is news to me. <laughs> so it sucked in and then I, that was it. Yeah. Now it must have been some time because the next time I came to I was laying I was sitting on my ass on the ground on the floor and there was all these paramedics and police there, so they must have taken a few. They weren't waiting in the next room when I was there, so it must have taken like 30 minutes to get there. And they were bringing me back to life with this drug called Narcan, which takes uh, will negate the influence of heroin. Yeah. So I was I started come to, and I came. I woke back up, and I heard all this excited yelling, and it was about me, and it was like. The movie began again, <laughs> and now I wasn't going to be in a police hospital melodrama. <laughs> and yet, I had no connection to not being here. Yeah, yeah, because the being here can only seem to be here without any connection to what's actually so. <laughs> you can't. This couldn't be as dramatic and juicy as it appears to be if you knew this isn't so. <laughs> this place, yeah. So, to me, it's like water and oil. They don't mix. So, it didn't. See, there wasn't like a feeling of Paul thinking, oh, I blew my whole life. None of that. The idea of Paul is produced by the brain. Yeah? There's no Paul floating around. It's like a voice box that's stuck on the body that you pull, <laughs> like, conditional reactions. I'm a real person or whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get them for that. You know? It's just basically loops of shapes, yeah? But it's going to end when the body ends. It's, it's assuming it's not the body. It thinks it's like the soul representative or whatever it may be. But it's a voice produced by the body, the brain, yeah? Yeah, it's not of, it's not of that, let's say. So it's going to come to an end. You know what I mean? And that's been my experience that all the times I've died, which is a number of them, yeah? Is that nothing ever really happened. This is not this has not happened, this place. It's not happening, really. Yeah? It's appearing to happen to what is real. Yeah? I and the eye that's there, the eye that's there, the eye that's there, the eye that's here, the eye, that eye. We are the reality that everything's appearing to. When something really feels real, it's not coming from that something, it's coming from you. You're the reality that's lending the reality to things by dreaming. Yeah? We are the mind that's dreaming. We are the reality lending reality to things, giving in different degrees. This is really real, this is not so real. And then time, the mind can change, and what was so real isn't so real anymore, and it's just going to say that. But all the reality that's ever been given has been given by us. Nothing that's ever appeared has given us the reality. We've given the reality to it. Yeah. Put the horse before the cart, and you'll see you'll you'll be able to see the trip a lot easier. It's hard to see from the horse's point of view with the big cart ahead. <laughs> Get the horse in front of the cart, and things will become like blue will become blue, and you'll see things very clearly. Yeah, with no thought or effort on your part.
<laughs> you and I are the reality. If you follow back what the Course of Miracles says, that you and I give everything all the meaning it has. So if something seems so real, where did it get that meaning from? Us. Yeah. What would know reality? Only reality. Yeah. What could mimic reality? Only reality. Yeah. So I can make something seem real because I am the reality. Yeah. How can an illusion be real? It's not. What gives a sense of, an illusion the sense of being real is the reality. Because we've been in, in, ignorantly contrived to take something that isn't so to be so. So now an illusion seems real. The illusion isn't producing the seeming real. Seeming reality. We're giving it the meaning of being real. And so when you change, the illusion seems to change. Because you're the meaning giver of the illusion. There's no thing called an illusion. It's all dreaming. It's mind dreaming. Mind dreaming the body. Mind dreaming the lust. Mind dreaming this. Mind dreaming that. Mind, 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 mind. Yeah? Whatever level you're on, if you're on the consequential level, you got to get a good lawyer if you got court dates. If you're on the physical level, get a good doctor, get a good healer. Emotional work, get someone who can use energetic body work. Yeah? When you're on mind, try to not use mind. Go to the sense of being. And then you realize there is a hierarchy. What is first and prior is mind. Everything else manifests that way. I don't mean small m. What we're calling mind is a mental process. That's not mind. That's, meant, that's mind moving through an apparatus, this body, and it becomes mental. It's not mind. Mind is what they used to talk about in old Zen. Yeah? That's what, they didn't use awareness or love or consciousness. They used the big M mind to represent that. That which that can't be known but knows everything. That which that can't be seen but sees everything. That which cannot be heard that hears everything. Yeah? What are you but that? What can you have an experience like in this place that something was the worst thing that ever happened to you? Yeah? You're, you're sure of it. You built an altar at it. You worshipped at it. You tons of story flags on it. This is why my, wedding, my marriage didn't go well because of this. This was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Then, what happens? Something Your mind may change and suddenly it's the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah? What was it? It was neither. You gave it the meaning. You can give something the meaning of being the worst of the worst, and then suddenly in a year or two, give it the meaning of being the best of the best. Do you see how extreme it is? But where is this reality coming from? Not from it, but from us. We're giving this place the meaning of being real. That's why it seems like it is. Some people wake up out of it, now it doesn't seem so real. Why, did it get less real? You know, if it got less real for them, why didn't it get less real for everyone? If it was real, and it suddenly got less real, everyone would have seen it as less real. Yeah? But no, everyone's taking it just as they were taking it the day before, but someone is not taking it that way. Yeah? Everyone else's seeming reality hasn't been disturbed one bit by you change, seemingly changing. Yeah? Where, is the, where is it issuing from? Out here or here? Not here, you know, whatever you want to call it. When people used to say, point to yourself, I could go like this. <laughs> you know, it's, where the fuck am I located? <laughs> There's this mind dreaming like crazy. And mind wants to get engaged in the dream, it has to do some certain protocols. It's got to forget its own nature, acquire another one, 
So now, for the dream tiger to scare you, you've got to be the dream object that's in the same room with the dream tiger. How would it scare you as what you are? You would see it's a dream. But if you don't see yourself, if you're not seeing yourself as a dream, you're going to take the dream tiger as real. And then you're going to have tons of stories about cohabitating that small space with the dream tiger. And you'll probably be interested in most of them. And then one day you'll get bored of them, and then maybe you wake up, and then you're not scared of any dream tigers anymore. Because you've given up being the dream object called Paul. The dream, the tiger was getting the meaning from this, not from the tiger. I mean, wouldn't, doesn't it seem like it would be a wise thing to get the court, uh, the horse before the cart? Wouldn't you like to know what, sort, what end of the, the stick you're on? <laughs> I would. It just bothers me to realize, hey, wait a minute. You know, I'm getting whacked by the stick. I want to follow. Oh, it's from me. Okay. All right. Thanks. Now I, now I don't need to blame anyone anymore. I see my role in it. Um, my role is everything. Okay. <laughs> follow it back that's where the real relief comes to me you can get a lot of relief from the body but I'll tell you it can't match the relief from the bondage of self no fucking way you can get 50 time massages and that level of relaxation is nothing like when, you, when you've been relieved of the bondage of self it's like the whole place drops into another level of relaxation and it doesn't stop there when you get more ready to handle it, it'll drop again and drop again. And as long as you don't die or act out, it's going to keep getting better. <laughs> it's a ride, man. It's fucking trippy. 